Hey everyone, welcome to the Mobile User Acquisition Show. In the Mobile User Acquisition Show, we talk about how to use mobile user acquisition strategies to grow your app quickly and capital efficiently. The Mobile User Acquisition Show is presented by me, Shamant Rao, mobile growth leader and founder and CEO of the mobile growth consulting firm, Rocketship HQ. Each episode includes strategies, tips, and pointers from the leading edge of mobile user acquisition that you can use to unlock tremendous growth for your app in a sustainable and capital-efficient manner. Our guest today is Gabe Kwachi, co-founder and CEO at Incipier. I'm thrilled for today's episode, as I have been following Gabe's blog for many years now, where I have learned invaluable information and skills around all of mobile marketing, especially Apple Search. Today, Gabe and I discuss the concept that they call the creative hit rate. We talk about how to define quantifiable goals for a creative team. Additionally, we talk about how Gabe and his team adapted to this way of focusing on hit rate as a company-wide goal and how this has been essential in driving very many creative events for them. I'm very excited to welcome Gabe Kwachi to the Mobile User Acquisition Show. Gabe, welcome to the show. Thank you, Shman. Great to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to have you, Gabe, because I read a lot of your writings on your blog for years now, since 2015, 2016, if I remember correctly. Yep, uh, right around then. Indeed, definitely admired a lot of the writing you guys have done, you've done, and of course the work you guys have done just as well. So definitely excited to have you here today. And today we're going to talk about how to improve your team's creative hit rate. We'll talk about what that means. But uh, before we dive into the specifics of that, can you tell us about the circumstances that inspired you and your team to focus on the creative hit rate as a North Star metric for your team? Yes. Uh, So really, it's driven by performance. And we've been having a series of retrospectives to understand what are the factors that really influence whether you can scale a digital advertising campaign, a mobile advertising campaign. And creative just continually comes up as the most important thing. We've talked about creative droughts and how do you extend performance when you don't have a win. But it's critically important to make sure that you do pursue and achieve creative wins. So just looking at the data, knowing what the industry has said as well about creative being the most important, maybe single factor uh, besides data pipelines, led us to this point of trying to define a quantifiable goal around it. Yeah. And what is the creative hit rate? Why do you choose to define it in the way that you do define it? Yeah, so the creative hit rate we define as the percentage of creative assets that end up becoming uh, a hit uh, divided by the total number that we're producing. Currently, we're looking at the asset level and we're moving more towards like the theme or group um, of iterations or very similar creative. And the definition of a hit is, is something that's we're looking to define by different app types, uh, levels of budget. You know, regions, uh, channels, 
but it's somewhere in the neighborhood of you know, say thirty or forty thousand dollars on an individual creative asset. Uh, once you're able to scale, you know, past the four-digit thousand numbers into the five, then we start to think of this as a hit. Yeah, and so it sounds like a creative hit is something that can scale significantly. It's, uh, you know, it's understood that it's profitably scaling. Now, whether that kind of scale is unlocked or not can oftentimes be a function of algorithmic behavior. There can be false positives and negatives. And that I've said, you know, I'm sure I've certainly seen and I'm sure you have yeah. instances where Facebook gives spend a lot of spend to something that's not going to take off and the other way around when it just doesn't feed spend to something that could perform. Right. Given this, how do you think objectively about the hit rate that you're talking about? Yes. So we, my philosophy on, on this is that the algorithms, you have to learn to work with the algorithms and, you know, they're the arbiters of the auction, how much of the auctions you can tap into. And sometimes algorithms do strange things or they have false positive or negatives, but by and large, you know, this is how do we optimize for the algorithms on the ASO side, for instance, it's, you see a certain keyword result and there are some things you can improve to grow, but ultimately you're, you're optimizing against what the algorithm allows you to achieve. So the same thing on the advertising side where ultimately Facebook's algorithm is going to tell you whether it likes a creative asset and is makes it a hit or not. And you just have to keep trying until you do get that hit. You may have some times when you have a high confidence in an asset and you restart the ad set or you set it in a different campaign. You try to give it as much potential to scale and become a hit. But at the end of the day, if Facebook doesn't scale it, if Google doesn't scale it, Snap doesn't scale it, then you've got to keep trying. And so we, we have this kind of more strict definition of a hit because at the end of the day, if you don't have a hit, you've got to keep looking. You can't stop and you know try to turn a non-hit into a hit uh, for the vast majority of times. Just keep looking. Right. And do you find that hits are platform specific? Uh, so if something scales massively on Snap or TikTok, but not on Facebook, how do you think about that in terms of your framework of hits and non-hits? Yeah, of course, everything kind of does depend. And all the auctions are very much in flux these days and algorithms are reacting to just constant change. But we found that we actually classify hits in a couple of different ways, a, a base hit and a grand slam hit. And there's also high performing assets. So from bottom to top, there's a high performing asset where it's got good, you know, engagement metrics. It's got good performance against your KPI. It starts to scale a little bit. It's the highest spending with good performance asset, but unless it's achieved that, you know, five digit, um, spend level, then we don't really define it as, as a base hit. But once you do achieve that huge spend, and hits also, they're, they hog spend. You'll see all of the spends start to go to this one asset. And when that happens and it pulls away from everything else, you know you probably have a hit. If you're looking at uh, daily and even hourly trends, you can see that this the spend is, is rocketing up you know, within a day or two. So it, it is kind of like you see a hit. You know a hit when you see it. 
So there's the base hit where it starts to scale up. And those sometimes, um, you actually more often than not do translate cross channel. If you're running, you know, similar optimization depth, um, and, you know, your campaigns are been set up and running for a while. Uh, but then there's the grand slam hit. And that's like the, it just has potential to scale to like millions of dollars, you know, in this asset or this theme of assets. And that absolutely does, uh, translate uh, from what we've seen. We do see some nuances in what works for Snap versus other channels. Um, that has a little more uniqueness to it, uh, as well as TikTok. Uh, that has a few different characteristics too, especially the creative burnout rate. So in addition to does it scale cross-channel, how long does it maintain scale is something where we see more variation um, between our high-performing assets, base hits. Um, so. Yeah. Uh, and once you do identify something as a hit or a grand slam, are there certain commonalities that you have seen among what are the grand slams? Um, that is, that's something we're still trying to, to divine, you know, part of this, part of the reason that we did define, you know, hit yes or no, basically is so that we can make our analysis easier. It's hard to, it's hard to do creative analysis and like multi-factor analysis. And part of where we struggled early on was we were trying to analyze everything. What makes a good performing asset? What doesn't work? Just everything in between. And there are a lot of, as you mentioned, false positives, and some of it is related to when was the asset launched? What's the status of the audience? Is it fresh? Is it saturated? Um, what are your bid levels at the time? So, you know, part of why we created this definitive hit level is so we could say, these are the hits. Let's just look at them for a minute. What are the commonalities they share? And that really winnowed things down a lot so that we were looking at a lot fewer assets. So now we're at the stage of, we're building more hits. We're trying to understand what it is that these uh, hits do have in common. But some of the things we have found are that, of course, the, they're, they're very engaging. You know, they have a really good pace to them. They very quickly start to bring animations or, or, you know, eye catching uh, uh, items to the very front of the asset. And a lot of them have like the phone, you know, the, the profile. Uh, in the ad itself. And there's this idea of like what we call visually satisfying or some like element that in, not everything is moving across the phone and changing at the same time. It's kind of like cinemagraph style where there's like just a smooth single focus um, visual mm -hmm. that's moving. Like you're scrolling through items or again, cinemagraph, some like the screen is scrolling through. So those are a few things that we've seen. Uh, produce hits so far. So focusing on hits, I imagine has been a change in the way your team really looks at the creative production process. Uh, you know, both your marketing team and your design team. So how does this change of focus impact your team and how they look at their work and how they look at that day-to-day -day processes? Mm -hmm. So there are a few things that we, and, and I want to give a, a ton of credit to our you know, teams, our creative teams, our marketing team, our analytics team as well, 
we're a very cross-functional organization. And so there have been a lot of discussions across teams to think about how do we make progress against, you know, generating hits and it's making progress too, as opposed to like, we, we initially thought, okay, let's achieve a certain hit rate, 10%, 15%. And those were through some conversations with industry folks, as well as just wanting to plant a flag somewhere. But our, our creative manager, senior art director said, you know, we're coming from, from a place where we're not very close to that number currently, and we want to make progress against that. So it'll help the team be motivated to think about we're making progress against this in your reviews. It's going to be, are you producing uh, the things that we know help produce hits like new concept generation, iterating after you've found some, some good legs on something, uh, pulling in, you know, research from ad network uh, discussions as well as competitive research. So one of the things that we changed was uh, making sure that the, the building blocks that support producing hits are in place and that we're focusing there rather than going straight for let's achieve a certain hit rate percentage right now as that's a very very big change we have our north star as you mentioned is you know hit rates and that's what we look at at the team level and the company level but for individuals it's a lot of focus on more concepts than iterations to begin with because you know this casually goes a little bit contrary to some of the ad network suggestions that you build out every size every you know dimension multiple iterations before you start but you have limited ad slots in some cases you have limited spend in other cases where as you mentioned you know the networks will start picking things up it may not be a good performance on all the dimensions or assets or iterations at first so another step has been more concepts uh testing broader before we start to really iterate and and another is really just uh having more discussions with our clients and planning our process so that we're trying to um, establish like a, a monthly cadence for brainstorming new ideas. And then a weekly basis, uh, we're trying to launch and then analyze creative performance. And using metadata tags is also important where we tag, you know, the theme. And then within that, we have the sub theme, which might be, you know, the iterations and uh, just trying to improve the the metadata that gets passed through to the analysis stage. So there's a few things that we're doing to improve our infrastructure and uh, team process for generating hits. And how is this structured organizationally within your team in that is this a part of your OKRs, quarterly targets, how, where does this lie in terms of how your teams are evaluated? Yeah, so we, we are rolling out a new performance review process. Um, our managing director has been a, done a really good job over the last several months of, uh, establishing quantifiable specific, you know, key results that we can measure and say we did meet the goal or we didn't meet the goal. We exceeded the goal, you know, or not. And as mentioned, it, our first iteration was, well, can we ask our art directors to achieve a certain hit rate? Um, does that make sense? And through conversations, we realized we want to make progress to that. And so we're going to double the hit rate this quarter versus last quarter. And we're going to make incremental progress. Um, and for designers, we thought about what makes sense there as well. And art directors are really the, you know, the marketers, they own like, the what is being produced and the designer makes it come alive. 
So we figured that placing the hit uh, rate uh, with the art directors and marketers, you know, was more of a successful outcome. And for our designers, we want to be able to, you know, produce a certain number of concepts. Or once we find a hit, uh, especially Grand Slam hit, you know, producing a certain number of iterations within a certain time frame so that we can extend that lifetime as soon, as long as possible. So those are a couple of different roles in the depth of creative production uh, and their different uh, OKRs. Yeah, I think that is a fairly subtle distinction around what the art director and the marketer are most responsible for versus the designer. And uh, I like the way you think about it and structure people's responsibilities accordingly. Just to, to round it out, we also do want the whole creative team and marketers to uh, have quarterly meetings with ad network reps. You know, this is something that just benefits everyone. And for us to have brainstorms and for us to use, you know, ad intelligence in part of this discussion, because while the art directors and marketers may hold the hit rate, you know, everyone has ideas. Everyone can think about how do we make this, you know, concept yeah. the best it possibly can be. Yeah. Yeah. And I would imagine now that you are focusing on the hit rate as a team and organizational KPI, I would imagine there has to be some change in the team's workflow. Uh, I would imagine the processes or even the infrastructure might have to change. So what do you see are some of the things that have had to change other than what you just said, which is you're making more concepts and less iterations. Other than that, are there fundamentally things that have to change that have had to change as a result of adapting to uh, this way of doing things? Yes, and it's led to a little bit of innovation as well as expectations and relationship alignment with with our clients so uh, a few things one actually this concept of hits and hit rate uh, initially began as a monthly meeting where we would go through all of our assets and just say how many hits did we see where and just looked at those hits and you know try to have discussion around or the hypothesis generation so that's something that's continuing on but that was the first like shift in our process and infrastructure and then with our clients Sometimes we've had, you know, I'm sure everybody, regardless of whether you're, uh, say, an agency or consultancy or direct, has this balance between brand and brand guidelines and desires as versus exploration of tons of new concepts. So we've had a lot of discussions with uh, our clients, informing them a little bit more of like, we're focused on this, you know, on hits, and like generating scaled creative assets. These are some of the things that we really need to do so. So we need, you know, your support to help us push the boundaries of what branding is okay with. And we're okay with the fact that there are boundaries and there is guidance. That's the purpose of the branding team. But we want to have discussions around where can we be new? Where can we innovate? And getting guidance from brand teams is one of the most important things uh, for us when working with clients and, you know, building allies with them and getting them excited about testing new things. And then just, again, making sure we're having discussions and, and, and analyzing the data. And one of our clients has actually pushed us also to be more hypothesis driven. So sometimes creative can feel like you just, you know, sling stuff at the wall, see what sticks. And similar to like, if you have a hit rate, a quantifiable thing, you can 
back assess whether you achieved it or not. But the hypotheses, it helps you prevent your hindsight. Of course, this would do well or didn't do well, where you say, this is what we assume at the time is going to perform. And then you go back and say, well, we thought it would, you know, it, it didn't. Um, and, and try to like, just have a little bit of, you know, like hubris or understanding that you'll rationalize, you post act rationalize, but if you can develop that muscle of hypothesizing and that gets better. Um, and that's something that we're trying to get uh, better and better and better at. And, um, I think that's one of the major infrastructure process changes as well. Yeah. And what I like about that way of thinking is that oftentimes I hear that you don't know what's going to work with creators and we don't know why. Even if it works, we just take it as an article of fate. Uh, And I really like how you and your team have put this structure around creators and have such a methodical way of thinking about it. Yeah, and Gabe, uh, all of that's very, very impressive to me. And I certainly have learned a lot just from listening to you today. Uh, This is perhaps a good place for us to wrap. As we do that, could you tell our listeners how they can find out more about you, your team, and the work you do? Sure thing. Uh, So incipia.co, head over there, and uh, we're trying to really uh, put a lot of good content out on our blog. That's something that we've seen a lot of good engagement with, and it's just something that aligns with their values. So go check out our blog. You know, we're talking about zippy.co um, is a good place. We have a newsletter too. Excellent. As I said, uh, I've certainly read, that, read you guys' blog for many, many years. I highly recommend it. We'll link to that in the show notes. Uh, Finab Gabe, uh, it is a pleasure having you. Excited to put this out into the world very soon. Absolutely. Thanks so much again for the, the, the chat and the deep dive into creatives. Thank you for listening to the Mobile User Acquisition Show. If any of this was helpful or instructive, I would love for you to leave us a review or rating on iTunes, Stitcher, Overcast, or wherever you get your podcast fix. This podcast takes a ton of time, effort, and love to produce, and I deeply value every review and every piece of feedback that you share. Thank you for listening, and I will look forward to sharing our next episode soon.